You're listening to Comedy Central. August 1st, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. I feel like we already know each other. This is amazing. <laughs> Our guest tonight is one of the stars of the hit Netflix show, Orange is the New Black. Diane Guerrero is joining us, everybody. It's gonna be a really great conversation. But before we get into that, the second round of the Democratic debates are officially over. And it was long, it was contentious, and it was the closest we'll ever see a UFC match set in a retirement home. <laughs> but now that the debates are over, we can catch up on some of the other news stories I got swallowed up by the debates, you know, because there's so much other news that we don't cover when the debates are happening. So that means it's time for another edition of In Other News. <laughs> Let's kick it off with something fun. Cab drivers in New York are used to seeing some crazy things happen in their back seats, but this next story is easily at the top of the list. Delivery cab driver in Brooklyn could moonlight as a midwife after helping a couple welcome their baby girl into the world right there in his car. Louis Leonardo couldn't predict the drama that unfolded in his back seat. Picked up two and dropped off three. Simple as that. Cameras were recording, as they always do, when he picked up a couple earlier this month in Bushwick, the woman in labor. My head is in my hand. And with the baby breathing, the couple wrapped her in a blanket, and Lewis kept on driving. Damn! Damn! <laughs> you do realize that was the first word that baby heard. Damn! <laughs> and I hope the parents give that guy five stars, because I'm just happy when my driver offers me, like, a mint and a phone charger. This guy was cutting umbilical cords. <laughs> and even though this might not have been the ideal plan for these parents, you have to admit, after being born in a cab, that kid can handle anything in life. <laughs> Unlike those other babies that are born in, like, a bathtub while Enya is playing in the background. <laughs> this is coming like, wow, I'm allergic to gluten, wow. <laughs> this is a real baby. The only thing that taxi baby is gonna be allergic to is people who drive f***ing slow. I'm crawling over here. What's wrong with you? What are you, a baby? <laughs> but let's move on. Because if you think a baby being born in a backseat is the weirdest procreation story you'll hear all week, you might want to think again. There's been some new and disturbing reporting this morning on accused sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, first from the New York Times, that he believed he could improve the population of the world by seeding the human race with his DNA. Epstein owns a sprawling ranch in New Mexico. According to a new report, he wanted to use the ranch for controlled breeding using his DNA to improve humanity. The article reports Epstein surrounded himself with leading scientists and would tell them he wanted to have 20 women impregnated at a time on the ranch. Okay, first off, Jeffrey Epstein's sperm ranch is by far the worst flavor of salad dressing I've ever heard of. <laughs> and secondly, why is it that the people who wanna spread their DNA are always the last people who should be spreading their DNA? Always. Because, because nobody, 
nobody's ever, ever looked at Jeffrey Epstein and been like, yeah, we need 20 million more of this guy. That's what we, yeah, like how come Idris Elba doesn't have a sex ranch, huh? Yeah, I'd go, I'd go. Yeah, and don't say, oh, Trevor, Idris Elba can't get a man pregnant. Well, I'm willing to find out. <laughs> and you know, like when it started out, this Jeffrey Epstein story was already appalling. But now every day, it just keeps getting more and more strange because not only did Jeffrey Epstein want to populate the world with his DNA, apparently, he also told people that after he dies, he wants to be cryogenically frozen, right? They said they want to... He said he wants people to cryogenically freeze his head, specifically, and get this, his penis. (laughs) Yes, completely true, which doesn't make any sense. So, because now you what? You got a head and a penis (laughs) and no body? How's that gonna work? Is gonna attach, like, the penis to your forehead like a flaccid unicorn? <laughs> is that how... What... No, I don't get why you'd want to freeze your penis. Have you seen what happens to a penis that's been cold for, like, two minutes? <laughs> I don't think it's gonna hold up well after being cryogenically frozen after 100 years. <laughs> Epstein is gonna be like, all right, I ate that bacon-wrapped date you gave me, now where's my penis? <laughs> what, why are you guys looking at me weird? Is something on my face? <laughs> all right, let's move on to some other news. Because while Jeffrey Epstein's breeding compound was super gross, the part about repopulating the Earth might not have been such a crazy idea. Because apparently, we came pretty close to saying bye-bye. An asteroid passed closer to the Earth than the moon, and nobody saw it coming. Asteroid 2019 OK was reportedly undetected as it hurtled towards Earth at a speed of 15 miles per second before flying past. NASA says it was just 45,000 miles away from Earth on Thursday. Scientists say they missed it because it was coming from the direction of the sun. Wait, what? Scientists missed an asteroid headed towards the Earth because it was coming from the direction of the sun? So we all could have died? Because these scientists didn't do this? Like, they're all coming from the sun. And you know what's even worse? What's even worse is now these scientists have told everyone. So now all the asteroids know the Earth's blind spot, huh? (laughs) Asteroids are gonna be telling each other, if we approach the Earth from the direction of the sun, they'll never see us coming. (laughs) Why do asteroids sound German? (laughs) Nines, the question is, why do Germans sound like asteroids? (laughs) Now, the the scientists say this asteroid wouldn't have been big enough to destroy the Earth but it could have wiped out the population of a small city or a normal-sized democratic debate. And (laughs) I really hope scientists don't miss this kind of thing again. Because if an asteroid is coming, we all need to know. As human beings, we need to know so that we can go crazy in the streets, rioting, partying. (laughs) That's the best part of an asteroid is when it comes and you're like, we're gonna die, and then we go crazy. Just kiss whoever's on the bus next to you. (laughs) I'm gonna die. All right, this is messed up. (laughs) And I, look, I know I sound crazy when I keep seeing this, but guys, I think God is angry with us, right? There's been two earthquakes in California. There's been floods on the East Coast, then heat waves, and now an asteroid missed us by this much, this much. And you might be like, oh, Trevor, that doesn't prove anything. Oh, yeah? Well, what about this? In Las Vegas, scientists say the weather has been a factor in bringing on an invasion of grasshoppers. In Sin City, it's the insect invasion putting on a show no one can escape. A 24-7 onslaught of grasshoppers that really sticks with you. What the heck? Dude, you're all covered in locusts. 
For many, the first impression felt downright biblical. A migrating horde of bugs so big, you could even see them from space. Okay, can we agree? God is definitely pissed off. And of course he's gonna hit Vegas first. It's Sin City. The women are all naked, the men are all blue. It's against God's plans, people! And a grasshopper invasion is super gross, although there is a small chance it wasn't an invasion. Like, it could have just been one grasshopper with her bachelorette party. We don't know. <laughs> She's like, ooh, one last fling before the ring. <laughs> oh, this is random, but my favorite part of the story, and this is completely true, is that Ugandans saw this story online, right? And this blew up on Ugandan Twitter because apparently in Uganda, these grasshoppers are a delicacy. This is completely true. So Ugandans were laughing at Americans who were like, oh my God, and they were like, no, we will come there to help you take over the problem. <laughs> Which is amazing. And you might think that's crazy, but basically it would be like if white people heard that Uganda had a plague of sushi. They'd be on the first plane <laughs> flying over. They'd be like, I'm gonna save them from those crab rolls. <laughs> in other news, if I was to ask you in the audience, what's the biggest problem you think the American government should solve right now? What would you say, anyone? Climate, healthcare, Trump. Ah, oh, well, you're all wrong. But if you said Instagram, then the Senate has got your back. A new Senate bill may ultimately affect how much you spend when it comes to time on social media. It's called the Social Media Addiction Reduction Technology Act, or SMART Act for short. As the name suggests, it is being introduced to fight social media addiction. To do this, the bill will crack down on practices used by social network sites to keep you online longer, and that includes features like infinite scroll for news feeds and autoplay for videos. That's right, a Republican senator is proposing a new law to try and curb social media addiction. And you have to admit that it is becoming a real problem. Social media is messing with our brains. Like yesterday, my buddy told me something that I liked and I just tapped her twice on the forehead. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> now, the senator's bill <laughs> has suggested a few things, like limits for apps, you know, like how much time you can spend on them, which is fine, but I've got a few suggestions that I think would be way more effective. Like I was thinking, how about for every half hour you spend scrolling online, your phone automatically tweets out a picture of what you look like while you're spending all that time scrolling. <laughs> That's what that should be. Huh? Or, here's another thing. If you wanna get people off Instagram, we make a new feature where we say, there's, a, there's every seventh picture on your feed has to be a semi-nude photo of both of your parents. Yeah. Ah, yeah, you see, you're logging off already, yeah. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, I don't have any semi-nude photos of my parents. Well, I do, I'll send them to you. <laughs> and finally, in other news, here's one pretty big story that got buried because of the pre presidential democratic debates. And it's a story about an American president who is racist. And no, it's not the one you're thinking of. Some surprising audio recordings have surfaced of a phone conversation nearly a half century ago between President Richard Nixon and future President Ronald Reagan. President Richard Nixon recorded himself talking to then California Governor Ronald Reagan in October 1971, the day after the United Nations voted to recognize the People's Republic of China. Reagan had phoned Nixon at the White House to vent his frustration at African delegates who celebrated the vote. The Ronald 
Reagan Presidential Foundation said if he said that 50 years ago, he shouldn't have, and he would be the first person to apologize. He'll be the first person to... He should be the only person to apologize. <laughs> what does that mean? It would be weird if he was like, well, I'll apologize, but only if those monkeys apologize first. What a strange thing to say. Also, they're like, if he said... There's a recording. He said the thing. <laughs> so now that that recording has come out, Ronald Reagan will have to be canceled which is gonna be hard because life canceled him first, you know? <laughs> oh, it takes a lot of work to cancel a dead person. You gotta hold a seance, summon their spirit back from the dead. Be like, Ronald Reagan, we have called you back to tell you bye, Felicia. <laughs> so now, because of these newly released tapes, Ronald Reagan officially has a racist asterisk next to his name. As do many former presidents. Woodrow Wilson was a segregationist. Andrew Jackson wiped out Native Americans. Thomas Jefferson had sex with his slaves. And George H.W. Bush shot Tupac. Yeah, I said it. Prove me wrong. <laughs> so on the one hand, it is disturbing that America has a history of racist presidents. But look on the bright side. It also means that Donald Trump is more presidential than we thought. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's no secret that black people have contributed so much to American culture. Dance, jazz, presidents who aren't embarrassing. But there's one contribution that may be bigger than all the rest. To learn more about that, we turn to Roy Wood Jr. for another edition of CP Time. Hi, welcome to CP Time. The only show that's for the culture. Today, we're going to talk about hip-hop. And I mean real hip-hop. Not this new school trap mumble rap where you can't even understand what they're saying. Hubbada, hubbada, Vicodin, hubbada, Percocet, hubbada, hubbada. That's not lyrics. That's the sound Fred Flintstone's feet make when he's driving off. His feet just join the Migos. No, today, we're going to talk about old school hip-hop. Legends like DJ Cool Herc, Grandmaster Flash, Run DMC, and of course, my short-lived group, Regular Roy and the Trapezoids. We broke up right after we took that picture. Had a huge argument over what exactly a trapezoid is. <laughs> Didn't record a single track. Kiss my ass, Leroy. <laughs> Tonight, let's discuss some of the seminal moments in the birth of hip-hop. Starting with the 40th anniversary of Rapper's Delight, the first commercially successful rap song. Rapper's Delight got everyone rapping. In fact, thanks to Rapper's Delight, hip-hop went so mainstream, it even led to stuff like this. And every rapping cat I know drinks Ain't that so? Thankfully, hip-hop survived that commercial. But barely. Now, Rapper's Delight might be the reason rap went commercial, but what gave hip-hop its flavor was undubitably the sound of the record scratch. And a lot of people don't know this, but the record scratch was actually invented by accident. A young DJ by the name of Grand Wizard Theodore was practicing in his room when his mother came in and he stopped the record with his hand, which led to this. That's right. That sound was accidentally created by a young black man trying to avoid an ass whooping. And now it's the signature of hip hop also the sound of when some shit done gone wrong. 
the condom had a hole in it. <laughs> what do you mean that wasn't beef? <laughs> you may be a dentist, but that ain't my mouth. <laughs> but before you could scratch on a turntable, you needed a turntable. And that was one of the biggest obstacles for aspiring hip hop DJs. Turntables were too expensive. Luckily in 1977, an act of God changed the course of black history. A massive blackout hit New York City and in the ensuing chaos, over a thousand stores were looted. Now I'm not going to be the one to say that black people had anything to do with it. But let's just say that the next day, there were a bunch of brand new DJs in New York City. Coincidence indeed. Now, before you judge those people who looted on that fateful day, remember that looting can lead to some beneficial side effects. Black people looted, and now we have hip hop. White people looted, and now we have museums. As you know damn well, those mummies didn't just walk themselves into that museum. Now that historic night in 77, my uncle Bebo also took part in the looting. But because of the darkness, he couldn't identify what he was taking. He thought he stole two turntables. Turns out it was two Lazy Susans. <laughs> he never did become a DJ, but he could pass the hell out of some ketchup. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. But before we go, I want to make peace with the trapezoids. Leroy, if you're watching this tonight, I'm sorry that I said a trapezoid is just a square with an attitude. And so I'm sorry for having sex with your wife. Well, this has been CP Town. And remember, before the culture, Leroy kissed my son for me. So I'll see you in a couple of years. Why would you everybody? We'll be right back. My guest tonight is an activist, an author, and an actor who can currently be seen in the Netflix series, Orange is the New Black. Please welcome Diane Guerrero. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on the final season of Orange is the New Black. Yes. Arguably the show that invented binging. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad to be part of that history. No, but, but You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It, it, it really was like the first show where Netflix, because before that Netflix was like that show where people picked up things here and there. And yeah. then Orange is the New Black came out and it was the show about a woman's prison and it showed all of the challenges and people just binged the entire series. Why do you think the show has, has connected with so many different people? Well, I mean, what the show has tried to do is uh, humanize people's story, um, people's stories, people especially that have been labeled as criminals that have right. been sort of cast away um, uh, by this label, um, people who have been affected uh, inherently by this racist and unjust system. Um, and people deserve those real stories. And honestly, it was the first time we got to see a ton of people of color on screen and people were really excited about that. <laughs> it was, um... 
It was really a groundbreaking and is a groundbreaking show because of, you know, just, just what you said. The way the stories were told were, were human in a very real well way. We learned why people go to prison, why people stay in prison. You know, some people had a history of crime. Some people were just victims right. of a moment in their lives. Right. Your character, Maritza, correct, connected with so many people, especially in this season, because we saw her or, you know, we, we were watching the show and your character gets released on parole and then encounters a different part of America's system, and that's deportation. Yeah. Like, that was, that was a, like, a big story, not just for the show, but for you to tell why. Yeah, well, you see how um, immigrants kind of have to pay double sentences, right? You pay your, uh, your dues to society. You, you know, people make tons of money off you by you being in jail. And then, uh, and then you pay a second sentence by being thrown back into de- a detention center and then ultimately deported. Right. Uh, and we saw that with Maritza, and we saw that with so many um, of the other characters on Orange is the New Black. You, you weren't originally going to come back on the show, and then... Yeah. It was really... I thought you meant this show. No, 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 Orange is the New Black. You really pissed me <laughs> off last time. <laughs> no, no, you, you weren't originally, uh, you know, going to go back. I mean, you, you, you've been doing other shows, and, 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 you know, you've been spreading your wings. But what was, re- what was really wonderful to read was why you went back for the final season of Orange. And that was because Maritza's story connected so closely to yours, but in a different way. Yeah. You know, you wrote a book, beautiful book, a memoir about how you came home at the age of 14 mm-hmm. and your parents had been deported. Yes. And your life changed forever from that point. Yeah. And, uh, well, and the show certainly inspired me. The people that I worked with uh, inspired me to share my story, to use my voice in this right. way. I mean, seeing the way people were being affected um, by hearing these stories, by empathizing with these stories, I, I felt um, a, a sort of a duty to share mine. And, um, and the fact that Orange, um, uh, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if I was an example or <laughs> if, um, if, if, I'm glad that they took this opportunity to talk about this issue that is affecting right. us so much. Especially, you, you, weren't, you weren't quick to tell the story. That's, that's something that I, that I admired, is that, you know, it's not something that you, you always worn your sleeve. It's not something that you acted about before. This was a big decision for you to say, yeah. hey, I'm gonna take my real life and basically portray it on the show. You've also started living that activism. You know, we see you now, uh, you know, working with immigrants who are, who are learning about their rights. We're, see, we're seeing you... Um, you know, lobbying to have laws repealed that have been shown to yeah. be unjust. Why? I mean, it seems obvious, but why do you think it's so important and how do you think that message can get out there? Well, I mean, first shows... Through art, we can teach so much. Through art, we can help people empathize. I mean, I feel like that's the big problem in this country right now is that, I mean, obviously that and, like, money. Everybody wants money, right? Right. Um, and people want to make money off of human bodies. <laughs> Go figure, and children in cages. Um, I know that's not, not to joke about, but... Um, it, it's important. Can you repeat the question? Are we gonna? Yeah, no, no. We, no. Is this this is taped, right? Yeah, no, no, Sorry, no. Sorry, I'm like, no, a I, mean, little, no, 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 I need some like, water. This is. I, I I completely understand where you're coming from. It's like a. It's no, because this is like a. If, Ask if you, me the question again. Your question was weird. If you, <laughs> I'm saying, for somebody who has portrayed this character, like we we've watched you, as a character. Yeah. And then we started seeing you live that story in real life. Yeah. You, you know, you, you started becoming an activist, speaking to the issues that we saw your character portray. The why of it is, is what makes it so interesting. Why do you feel it's so important for people to understand the human side of the conversation in immigration? Because 
because we're not, the reason why these laws were put in place is because we have disconnected from humanity, right? If you don't know what is going on out there, when you don't know how people are living, then you are most likely gonna just let these inhumane practices continue going right. on. When you label a person a criminal, then it's so easy to strip them from their humanity, from their due process rights. And we all have due process rights, right? And what you meant, what you asked earlier is, why do we want, what, what do I want people to get out of, out of this show, out of mm -hmm. this story, is that we have terrible policy in place. So right, everybody talks about how Trump is making this worse, how he's, how he's you know, used uh, immigrants as a scapegoat, but this has been happening for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And laws like the 1996 laws that were put in place that uh, expanded detention centers, that uh, weakened due process uh, laws in immigration court and, and, and created uh, more detention uh, programs are laws that we need to get rid of. These are the laws that need to re be repealed. We need a new way forward. And the way we do that is by all of us coming together and acknowledging that this is a problem. We need to abolish the system that we have right now and start anew, right? A lot of people agree with you. No, it's, it's true. Vote for me 2020. <laughs> um, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Who am I, Joe Biden? Stop. No. That the, the, there, is a, there is a conversation in America right now in and around who America is and what America is. Mm -hmm. What I've always enjoyed about your story is you have told it with nuance. You know, there is a duality. You can be an American who is also an immigrant. You can be an American who is Mexican. You, that's America's story. Right. You, everyone needs to be proud of that. Irish, American, Italian, American, etc. When you look at your journey going forward, we see the activist. But what do you want to do now? I mean, Orange is the New Back, this is the final season. Yeah. What's exciting that you've got that's not in the world of activism where you're just having a good time and just letting loose? <laughs> having a good time? I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Um, well, look, I, I think that for a long time I was still, even when I shared my story, even when I came here last time and I talked about my book, I was still, I was still holding on to that shame of, of having my parents separated, that I actually lived through that. And honestly, like this is the power of community. Um, since this uh, season has come out, since we have actually witnessed the atrocities that are going on at the border and we're seeing actual human lives be destroyed, I feel like I have so much more support and I'm, I'm incentivized to continue going. Um, I, 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 I want to tell more immigration stories until the cows come home. I don't care. I, I know people ask me, are you, are you afraid of being pigeonholed? I'm not. I want to continue with this work. And yeah, I want to have a little fun. Maybe I'll take a trip, I don't know. I love it. Take a few trips, fight for people at the border, fight for the humanity of other human beings. <laughs> yeah. And then come back uh, to be a guest on The Daily and Show And talk again. about it. And, and yeah, and maybe be a little less nervous. No, <laughs> we're the ones who should be nervous. You've got an amazing story and you're doing fantastic work. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Kevin. Always. All seven seasons of Orange is the New Black are available to stream on Netflix right now. The amazing Diane Guerrero, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.
This has been a Comedy Central podcast.